Welcome back to What Do You Want to Watch, the show hosted by myself, Nathan English, and David Dirks. And this week, we're going to be recapping the NFL Divisional Playoff Round. We now have the Conference Championship matchup set in stone. We're going to be talking about everything that happened this past weekend in football and previewing the matchups to see who's going to the big game, who's going to the dance, who's going to the bowl of all bowls, the one that is mm. so good, they have named it the Super Bowl. Mm. You know, that, that all, who's going to hoist a Lombardi trophy? We're, we're getting one step closer, and we're going to talk about all that coming up on this episode. So, divisional round. Um, what we had was one real upset. And everything else was kind of chalk um, and went, I would say, mostly how we expected with a few caveats. Let's just go game by game, David, in chronological order, which means, of course, we have to start with our team, the Kansas City Chiefs, who defeated the Jacksonville Jaguars 27-20 to um, in the early Saturday game. Now, of course, you know, that's a big deal. The Chiefs have now punched their ticket to their fifth straight AFC championship game. Also because of the later results, they are hosting again, which will be their fifth straight hosting. But what everybody's talking about and rightfully so is what's going on with Patrick Mahomes ankle. So if you didn't Mm -hmm. watch the game in the end of the first quarter um, on a pass play, Mahomes rolled out and after he threw the ball, um, a guy landed a, a Jacksonville defender landed on his ankle kind of buckled under and it was just classic like as soon as you watched it you knew that he was hurt um he he stayed in the game limped around a little bit did one more play um which was a zone read and could barely get out to the running back to get the handoff in um and then came off the sideline there were some conversations between him and coach reed and the training staff and finally uh Andy, which I think made the right decision, said to Pat, I'm not putting you back in the game until you go back in the locker room and get an x-ray, which is yeah. absolutely the correct thing to do because if it's a broken bone, then there's a lot of risk there. Um, so he went back. Uh, he wasn't happy about and, it. No, he was he not happy, happy about it. He threw his coat down, went back into the locker room. Uh, Chad Henney came in in relief for one series. During that Henny! series, Chad, Chad Henney drove 98 yards on the Jacksonville defense and scored a touchdown that – touchdown would ultimately be the difference in the game um so you could you can really credit henny there that is the longest touchdown drive in chiefs postseason history um so chad henny's name will be in the record books for maybe a while unless pat gets backed up to the one yard line in one of these upcoming games david i I think that this game is going to be a blowout if mahomes doesn't get hurt um i mean there were the Chargers, or not the Chargers. They kind of look like the Chargers, quite honestly. The Jaguars <laughs> made some crucial turnovers at the end of the game, and which really sealed it for them. But I never really felt super worried about what was going on points wise. But I was worried about Pat. How were you feeling? We're now twenty four hours out, or no, excuse me, forty eight hours out from Pat getting hurt. How are you feeling right now about the current situation? Um, I feel better. This is the best I've felt since the injury. Um, kind of information coming out today. First time that reporters have been able to really communicate with the team. And uh, if people remember in 2019 on this season opener against the Jaguars, actually Mahomes uh, hurt his other ankle. Uh, high, it was it was labeled as a high ankle sprain there, um, and he actually played through that um, for three or four weeks before kind of reaggravating that actually in the 
playoffs. But um, Andy Reid came out today and said that it wasn't, it's not as bad as the 2019 injury. And the game, the next game, he threw for four touchdowns against the Raiders on that high ankle sprain. So if it's not as bad as that, right, you have to feel a little bit better about the situation. Uh, part of me is still concerned. Like, I in this in the chat, I like I was texting you guys. Like, you know, I, I have no doubt he'll play, but I'm just worried. Like, one wrong hit, like, is it one? Is it re-injure him? But two, is it like even more a, a more lasting injury? Or, you know, so you're always. I guess that's always a chance. But you know, to answer your question and kind of recap, best I felt. Um, but man, I'm still just uneasy. Yeah, I think that um, I would bet ankle sprain, uh, Mahomes ankle how to donate ankle have all been trending searches in the Kansas city area since Saturday afternoon. Uh, we're all obviously going through the list of the typical thing you hear after a sprain, which every time people say it's actually better right afterwards because you have the adrenaline and the swelling isn't as bad. The problem is, is the next day when you wake up in the morning and your ankle is probably two or three times the size it normally is it's probably black. You probably can't move it. And it seems like we're getting positive reports from Andy Reid. Now, you have to be a little skeptical of that because what are they going to say? Obviously, Pat is going to try to play on this, I think, no matter what, uh, if he gets cleared by doctors in any way to play, which they've already indicated he is. So it's not like Andy Reid's going to come out and say, like, yeah, Pat's real hobbled. Um, he's mm-hmm. going to go out this week, but it's going to be real tough for him. This, this is looking really bad. Like, he's not going to tell the Bengals that. Yeah. So – I, I I think I'm I'm still a little concerned, uh, and I, you know, there was part of me that was like, why don't we just play Chad Henney the rest of this game, and if we need it, we can bring Pat in for relief. But I think they made the right choice in in keeping Pat out there. He threw a touchdown pass later on in the game, threw one obviously before he got injured, and then the fourth quarter threw a jumping touchdown pass off of his one good leg. And here's the and question then was I have. grimacing on the ground and had to get carried off. Just insane. Yeah, which was not fun to watch. But Patrick Mahomes is so dangerous when he can move, right? It, especially in the playoffs, as uh, his, his feet really take over. You saw that even on the first drive against the Jags. I mean, two or three of the amazing sidearm throws and jumping throws that he made was about him moving around a lot in the pocket. In mm-hmm. the second half, he obviously couldn't do that. So you just have Pat Mahomes as a strict pocket passer. Is he still a top 15 quarterback in the league like that? I mean, based on the way that he was playing against the Jags defense? Oh, absolutely. I think someone actually has a joke, like, uh, you know, you know, took the stats of him on his quote-unquote one leg, and um, I guess he's like fourth in the league this year as far as accuracy. Um, now, obviously, it's a much smaller sample size. But as a joke, he's like, man, I'm on one leg. Patrick is still like the third or fourth best quarterback in the league. You know, absolutely. I think, I mean, obviously, what makes Patrick Mahomes great is his ability to scramble and, and extend the play. But, like, that's not just luck. Like, he still has the arm. He has the mechanics. He has the eyes, the brain. Like, I think inside the pocket, he's very, very, very good too. So, yeah. hmm there were a couple of times where it affected him. I, I could tell one that I'm remembering pretty clearly is just a quick uh, pass right to the sideline to Kadarius Tony, where mm. he f- play action, fake the handoff, and was supposed to plant and turn and throw. And he just planted weird and then couldn't get the ball out there. But yeah. if there is a quarterback who doesn't need to rely on his lower body to make throws, 
it's Mahomes. Like yeah. he, he regularly does things purposefully. I mean, everybody has seen the famous video of him in the Super Bowl whenever he was running out um, away from the Bucks pass rush and then dove and from fully horizontal slung a pass uh, perfectly to a Chiefs wide receiver who did not catch it. Um, Dog, I'm still upset about that. If that receiver catches yeah, that, that would like have been the coolest top play three, in NFL history. Top three greatest throw in Super Bowl history. Yeah, I, I just don't understand how he didn't. You have to catch that. That's like that's like when the point guard makes an amazing like no look behind the back pass. Like you have to hit the shot. You, yeah. you're legally required to. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I'm feeling good about it. Let's talk about a little something else. Try to try to maybe get off of the Mahomes conversation. I want to talk about the Chiefs' running game, specifically Pacheco, who mm. had 12 carries for 95 yards. And obviously that long 39-yard burst run where he just looked, like, angry at the ground. I mean, he was just <laughs> churning his legs with such ferocity. I, I've just never seen something like that. Yeah. How important is that going to be, you think, in this AFC Championship matchup? It's huge. Uh, I think Chiefs have to be run first in this game, which um, with Mahomes' ankle. Um, they've shown it. This year, they have a lot of new three tight end sets. They've incorporated Blake Bell and Noah Gray and, of course, Travis Kelsey. They've used them a lot. And, you know, that's like all analysts kind of were talking about going to this game of like, you know, the Chiefs can run the ball now. They're like running under center. Like this is stuff we don't see. Um, And like now they can do that. And I just, we know we've had questions in the past and kind of this year a little bit. Like, why aren't they running the ball more? It seems like it's working. You know, like in games, even we won, it's like you're averaging six and a half yards a carry. Why do we suddenly stop running the ball? So right. that has to happen. That ha- can't happen. And especially with Mahomes' ankle, I think Chiefs, like the offense has to run through Isaiah Pacheco and Jet McKinnon, um, which honestly makes them more dangerous. Like, I think it can work. I really do. If that's, I mean, think about that. If, if they're averaging five, six yards a carry and running the well, that's, going to do a lot for Mahomes, who may not have to scramble and run around as much. So, mm-hmm. The Chiefs did not give up a sack um, in their divisional game. Doesn't the feel offensive like that. line was playing <laughs> great. You know, and it, yeah, Mahomes got hit quite a few times in the first half, but the second half really got yeah. credit the offensive line for locking it down, and they're mm-hmm. also a big part of that run game, obviously, as well. And I think that's that's we'll talk about this later, but that's the thing that Buffalo didn't have against Cincinnati. They had Oof. no mix up. They could they could not switch up their play style at all. They they just played the exact same way the whole time. You can you can blame that on the offensive line, the running back, or you probably should blame Ken Dorsey, the offensive coordinator, for that. But the Chiefs have the ability, and I think you're right. I think that especially with what's happening with Mahomes and the lack of success the Bills had at being kind of a pass first pass heavy offense against that Bengals defense, you have to think that the Chiefs are going to lean run heavy in this next game. Mm-hmm. And now let's talk about the best player in the playoffs. Um, or maybe the player who makes the biggest gap from regular season play to playoff play. Frank Clark is in the top five in playoff sacks in NFL history. Okay. At this point. It's insane. He, the man is just different in the playoffs. I, I know the regular season every year I get so frustrated by Frank Clark because he just seems to be out there for absolutely no reason. Just, he, he, you know, he, he's taking plays off. He's trying so hard to guess the snap count that it seems like he's not focused on anything else. The playoffs come and you're like, ah, oh, we need a sack right here. We need a big stop. 
here comes Frank Clark doing his best Shawn Michaels impression. Ta- he mm-hmm. sacks Trevor Lawrence and then does a kip up afterwards. Like th- yeah. the man is crazy. I- yeah. And I think he's going to be extremely important going up against a beaten and bruised and backup Bengals O-line. Yeah. It's crazy. Of course, I mean, even this year, he was a lot better regular season than he has been in years past. But still, it's like, it's just crazy how he comes alive. I, I listened to a podcast um, with a couple of KC guys and then another guy who works for the athletic and covers the team. And I guess like in passing last week, he asked Frank Clark how he was doing. Not like for the game, but like just casually, you know, how you're like, hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? And he said like, hey, how, how are you doing? And I guess Frank Clark like stopped turned slightly and smirked and said excellent and just kept walking and i, I just knew <laughs> i'm like he he's did. gonna have a good game like let's go and he did three solo tackles he had two tackles for loss he had a sack he had a quarterback hit dude was there when we needed him and uh yeah it's chris jones wasn't i, I mean jones kind of disappeared a little bit obviously mm-hmm. some of his stuff doesn't show up on the stat sheet but no tackles for loss no sacks even when they pushed him to the outside like they regularly do on third downs to get him in a better space um, to rush, rush the passer. He didn't have a great game, but we had yeah. other guys on the defense step up. So that yeah. was very There were a couple guys. Mike Dana as well. He had zeros except for one quarterback hit. Kind of as of late, Mike Dana has been playing well, and I was surprised that you know he didn't make some more noise. So maybe they're saving it. Maybe hopefully we'll – you know, if you're a Chiefs fan, you'll see that next this coming week. So Yeah, there's only – uh, three total tackles for loss, and those came from Derek Nadi, who had one, which I believe his sack is counted as that, and then Frank Clark had two, so one in his sack. Mm. Um, Nick Bolton of the team with 10 total tackles. Uh, David, I think the thing I was worried about the most going into this game was the special teams. Now, it seems like Bucker figured it out, right? He was two for two on field goals, um, three for three on extra points. No problem, really, for him. Seemed like old Harrison Bucker. Yeah. But our kick coverage was abysmal. Yeah. Uh, two two really long ones. One, Bucker dove into the leg of the returner. Saved it. And saved a touchdown, uh, which would have flipped the entire momentum of that game. What What is happening? It, it, are we just like that much? Do we have not have the guys anymore that we used to? Do we lose a lot of people? Like, what's going on? Well, something in passing that um, one of the comment uh, it might have been Al. I can't remember who made the comment. If you notice, like on kickoff specifically, the Chiefs don't have a lot of special teams guys. Like a lot of the players, it's like, oh, there's Cook, number six, who go plays snaps at safety. Oh, there's you know, Byron Le- Pringle or Byron like. Yeah, it's like, oh, he, like these guys are taking regular snaps and they're on special teams. So I think, one, that hurts. Two, um, I, Jamal Agnew is a very good returner. I think he ranks in one of top five in, in returns this year. And I think – so I, I think that should be noticed too. Three returns, 131 yards. Uh, his long was 63, and that's the one that you mentioned that Butker saved. So, yeah, I think if, if that is the case of they just don't have a lot of special teams guys – Right, these guys are getting snaps on offense and defense, and then I think special teams is extra. You know, it's if you're a special teams guy, you're working on your special team, uh, and and you're you know cleaning that up. But I think the guys that are playing just that's not a priority because their priority is on defense or the priority is on offense. So, yeah, it's mm-hmm. tough. Which I don't yeah, know. I, I don't know enough. Like I'm not. 
that much of a whiz to know, like roster wise, like, you know, the chiefs obviously like to have depth at offense and defense, but it sounds like more than other teams, they like to have more of the depth or they'd have more special teams guys. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't know the logistics of that entirely. Well, and we, we've been playing that, that kind of issue with the ro- rotation for the returners this year, quite honestly. Yeah. Jekko has been the normal kickoff guy, but we've rotated four or five guys into the punt return slot. We just don't seem to have like solid, this is the guy for that job. And I think we've it's been weird about how Dave Tobe is the best special teams coordinator yeah. in the league for years. And it's just been strange to see how bad this unit has been this year. Yeah, I think it's weird that Pacheco has been our main returner also our main running back. Like usually you just don't see that. Um, and, mm-hmm. and yeah, Dave Tobe usually is old faithful. I saw a graph this year, unless something got better, which it, by the looks, I don't know if it did. It'd be the first time in Dave Tobe's career that his special teams unit wasn't ranked in the top 10, which is pretty impressive. Like that's really, really good. But yeah, I don't know what, I don't know what it is this year. Obviously Butker getting hurt the first game of the year. Like if you don't have a reliable kicker, that messes up a lot. Um, you know, and a rookie punter who's not placing the ball or spinning the laces right, a rookie return man. So maybe the dominoes just fell just right, right? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, so hopefully, right, I, I will take a game from the special teams again like we just saw. I thought besides the, that kick return, Tony's catching the ball and actually had a couple good 15, 20-yard returns. Um, Butker seems like goals. he's – That's yeah. really the most important thing. We, so, we just I, need I our special teams to not result in negative points, which it has yeah. been yeah. Um, recently. So that's good. Before we move on quickly, Jags, um, you know, this is a good season for them. They, they were yeah. able to win their division coming off of uh, a terrible year for their franchise with one of the worst NFL ho- head coaches ever. Yeah. And Trevor Lawrence played fine. He, he didn't really dazzle. The, the one highlight that's sticking out in my mind is when he ran for that first down and absolutely trucked, uh, was it Sneed, I think? Um, one of them, yeah. I was surprised so by that. That was that was pretty impressive. The the pick that he threw, it was a bad throw, um, but Watson also made a fantastic play. I mean, that... Yeah, why are we talking about that more? Pot, sped by yeah. that, but that, that one-handed interception was rather impressive. He never it was a true, it was, yeah, it was a true one-handed with three three points of contact, tucked it, like it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Also, shout out Nick Bolton for just telling Watson to go down immediately and not mm-hmm. risking a fumble on the return or anything. Good job. Second-year player, too, yeah. I mean, if you're looking at it, uh, passing 24 for 39, 217 yards, a touchdown to pick, two sacks. Uh, it, they the pressure wasn't crazy. The short stuff was working for them. Uh, Etn six point two yards a carry. Uh, Hasty was averaging nine yards a carry. Christian Kirk um, only had one carry, but it was for eighteen yards. I mean, on the ground they were getting whatever they wanted, but they were behind. They were yeah. they were trying to catch back up. Um, they couldn't. They just couldn't afford long drives. It felt like at a certain point. I think if you're a Jacks fan, you got to be happy with what happened. Yeah. You know, you 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 overcame a 27 point deficit in a wild card game and you, you traveled to Kansas city and yeah, you got a garbage time field goal, but you kept a one score game. Most of the mm-hmm. game. I mean, you were, you were competitive in this game. However, you know, Mahomes did get hurt. Right. So it's, it's a little like if Kansas city's full offense was on display, you would not have been within one score probably, but Still, mm-hmm. I think nine and eight, you win a division. You got to go back and I mean, they're the top dogs. Who are, who are you looking at in their division that can take over their spot? They can just nobody keep 
keep building. So yeah. I think you got to be encouraged if you're a Jags fan. Yeah, I mean, they're a year ahead. I don't think anybody expected this to happen, this success. Um, second mm-hmm. round of the playoffs, when you begin, like, if, if as the Jags fan, if, you know, I would have told you when they hired uh, Doug Peterson, like, hey, you're going to win the division and make the second round of the playoffs, I think people would have been absolutely, like, not taken seriously, you know. So they're definitely a year ahead, and that's like, they'll be back. I believe Trevor. He said we'll be back, and I think – I think they will be. It's obviously Bills, Bengals, and Chiefs have been like the talk. I think the Jags have a very real chance of being that fourth team of like these four teams will consistently be competing. And I think it's because Doug is a genius, um, right? Stemming from the tree of Andy Reid that, that happens here and here and again. And, and Trevor Lawrence is good. I think he has a chance. We've seen spurts of him being really, really good. And uh, they got some good young talent. So, yeah, Jags will be back for sure. Yeah. Uh, I think that, you know, it's it's tough, and we're going to talk about this with the next team probably as well. It's just not realistic for most teams to expect to make a Super Bowl, right? And and for a while, the Chiefs were in the same thing, where if you get to the playoffs and get a playoff win, that's like a really good season. And yeah. I think for 85 to 90% of the teams in the NFL, that's a really good season. And the yeah. Jags are one of those teams. They're they're a team that just they they got a playoff win coming off a year when which they were well below 500, and they won the division. That's a good year. Um, so, you know, it's it's easy to say they're going to be that fourth team there, but if you're looking ahead, like, yeah, uh, Lawrence is the youngest of all the promising quarterbacks in the AFC, but he's not that much younger, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to have Burrow and Mahomes and Allen and Herbert in that conference for the foreseeable mm-hmm. future. I mean. Yep. It's just it's tough to compete with the amount of talent that's in the AFC right now, but they certainly can win their division. They definitely have the best outlook of any team in that division by far. So, oh yeah, if I'm in the NFC, I am kicking my franchise right now for not taking advantage of the lack of quarterbacks in the league compared to the AFC. Like the Eagles, with the even the Niners, like the that Cowboys, like take advantage and like win as much as you can because. Just like that, you look at the AFC, and there's like five young, very promising quarterbacks, and they're going to be yeah, it's going to be a tough, tough conference now. The the best quarterback in the NFC is probably widely considered to be what the fourth or fifth best quarterback in the playoffs, right? And whenever the playoffs started, I would imagine, and then the second mm-hmm. best quarterback in the NFC was what eight? Yeah, nine on the list, like. Yeah, the the depth in the AFC is just ridiculous. I mean, so. most people had the top three quarterbacks coming to the playoffs: Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, like in the league, but, you know, and that's just yeah. insane. Yeah, and and all in the same conference, all playing on really good teams as well. Uh, next, a game that we probably don't need to spend much time on, just because, I mean, it was just it was an absolute thumping. I will I will come out and say this right now: I was wrong. The Eagles are not frauds; they're good. Um. Mm-hmm. I'm. I, they just know how to play with who they have, you know, and mm. their style, their yeah. scheme is perfect, and they just got—they're just scary on every position. And you look at this game, you say Saquon Barkley is maybe the best running back in this game, and every other position, the Eagles were better than the Giants everywhere. Mm. Um, and it was a full-scale domination. Daniel Jones threw for 135 yards and a pick. He was sacked five times. And you could Jeez. say, like, oh, a bad offensive line. A lot of those were coverage sacks or Daniel Jones is not getting rid of the ball on time. He was holding on to it for a while. Um, you know, the Giants could do nothing. 
Yeah. They they really couldn't do anything on offense. They they tried to run the ball, but they were down so fast so early that they just couldn't afford to take the time to run. Um, and yeah, the Eagles just suffocated them. Yeah, that's, that's really all there was. It's crazy when the Eagles play. It doesn't feel like maybe like when the Chiefs or Bills get a blowout. It's like, wait, there's four minutes left in the first, and it's twenty-one to nothing. Like where, like it's like they slowly like suffocate you, and before you realize it, you're down like three possessions, and you don't realize it. Like they just, yeah, you're right. Like they just know how to win with who they have, and mm-hmm. to me, that comes down to coaching. They have such good coaching because they, um, they don't make mistakes, and the schemes and adjustments are so good, and. Yeah, Eagles. It's gonna be a good game. It's gonna be a good NFC Championship game. But yeah, Eagles really seemed like they're gonna win that from the opening kickoff. Mm-hmm. They averaged six point one yards a carry on forty four carries, so they rushed for nearly two hundred and seventy yards total. They only passed Sheesh. for one hundred and fifty four. Um, Jalen Hurts had two passing touchdowns. Again, they just didn't need to, mm-hmm. and and they the. The Giants, I mean, there was never a point in time where it looked like the Eagles were struggling to do what they no. wanted on offense. It was just, you know, seven-yard play, eight-yard play, 25-yard play, eight-yard play, seven-yard play, just back to back to back to back to back. Well, yeah, I mean, first drive, eight plays, 75 yards, five minutes, Eagles score. Giants, eight plays, 28 yards. They turn over on downs, which I kind of agree. Like, you, gotta, you can't settle for a field goal here. But then the Eagles came down, scored again. And then there was the pick. And 14 to nothing when they threw the pick, I was like, this game's over. Like, it's completely oh, yeah. over. And that was the case. Pun, I mean, the pun, most exciting down, thing that touchdown. happened from that point on was the chain breaking. I mean, quite yeah. honestly, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. I, David, are the Eagles, in your mind, the best team left? Yeah. Yeah. Mahomes getting hurt. Definitely really hurts that. Um, Jalen wasn't, I don't even think he was 100%, but I think he was like 98%. Like he, he he was feeling good, but I think Sirianni said he was, he's about there, you know, so this team can just beat you to death. And uh, yeah, I think with what we saw this week, Eagles are the best team of the remaining four. I mean, it's, it's their front lines, their, their offensive and defensive line, you know, two of the most, the two most important units probably on the field at one time are, are just so good. Five sacks, mm-hmm. obviously, for the defense. They only allowed one sack of six yards for Hertz. And then if you run for 270 yards, that's just, that's <laughs> telling you the offensive line is doing well. So they're winning their battles. And the Giants, that was, that was their bread and butter was the pass rush. Yeah. And, it got shut down completely for them. I mean, you look at Kayvon Thibodeau was, you know, the, one of the scariest rookies in the league, no sacks. Hmm. Uh, the one sack was the Dory Jackson. And Dexter Lawrence, who people, you know, like he, he was kind of the, the interior defensive tackle that was kind of with Chris Jones this year. He had four tackles, but, you know, no sacks, no tackles for loss, so. I mean, they can just, it's, it's the cliche that everybody says and that, that, well, they just take out your best, you know, they're just saying, I'm not going to, you're not going to beat us with this. You have to beat us with someone else. 
yeah. the Eagles really did that in this game. They they took away the Giants' ability to run the ball by running up the score so early in the game, and they took away their pass rush by running the ball, right? The, yeah. the, the Giants' defenders couldn't pin back their ears and just rush the quarterback because the mm-hmm. Eagles weren't going to drop back and throw it because they didn't need to. Um, and also, I, did, did like the Giants' owner – like? I don't know, spit on Boston Scott when he was a child. Like, <laughs> did, is there some sort of blood feud there? What's going on? Now, he had one touchdown in this game, and he has 18 career touchdowns in the NFL. 11 of them are against the Giants. Oh, my gosh. I didn't know that. That's, that's ridiculous. I mean, this dude just shows up and kills the Giants every time. I don't understand. It's, it's so weird. It's like kind of later – like what Kelsey has now become with the Chargers, where he just mm-hmm. dominates them. But it's it's so unprecedented for a player to just have one team that he does this against. So yeah, I don't that, Boston I don't Scott, know. You know, it's do what maybe you it's do. the Boston New York thing. He's like, I'm a Philly guy. I hate New York, and then also my name is Boston, which doubles my hatred for New York. Like, I don't know. Yeah. There's got to be something there. But yeah. this game was over after the first three minutes. Um, it was so boring. In fact, that I was not upset that I, I was doing something else on Saturday night and was not watching it. I was kind of worried, like, oh, what if I miss a good game? I did not. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was paying attention to it. The TV was on mute in the room that I was in. But every time I looked up, something bad was happening for the Giants. So Yeah. Ripperoni. Speaking of Ripperoni, um, and, and maybe could, could, be, could float the F word out there. And by the F word, I mean frauds. Bengals 27, Bills 10. Uh, finally, we got an actual snow game, like a true snow game. The snow was coming down as the teams were playing. You know, it was coming down so hard that whenever the CVS producers kept trying to get shots at DeMar Hamlin in the stands, you couldn't actually tell it was him because there was too much snow. Bro, did you see people on Twitter like, something's weird. Are we sure DeMar Hamlin's at the game? Like, they're just not showing him. I'm like, shut, what? Why would they fake that? What, yeah, what's the what point of that? What purpose would they have for faking that? Uh, like, I don't know, know guys. Something's just really strange everything. today. It's like, oh my gosh. But <laughs> the I think the Bengals me- dominated. Well, I think you messed the score up, though. There's no way the Bills lost. They were Super oh. Bowl champions this year. Yeah, that's true. The P- the preseason uh, Sweet. favorites. 12 AP Wait. votes. Yeah. I, I mean, look. We, let's 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 give let's give the Bills some credit right now. Josh Allen has been dealing with a nagging elbow injury um, for the last half of the season, right? Um, they did, you know, we don't know what they would have done against the Bengals in the regular season, obviously because that game was canceled before we could finish it. They did mm-hmm. beat the Chiefs, right? They yeah. did look like the best team in October. However, last year, twenty twenty one. It was their year again. They did beat the Chiefs. They did look like the best team in October, and they did lose again in the divisional round. Except this yeah. time, they lost at home. And you know what? Bills Chiefs, you could say, like, 2021, that's one of the best games anybody's ever watched in their life. Probably the best playoff game of all time, aside from a Super Bowl, right? And it, it Josh, it's not Josh Allen's fault. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that was just... That was absolutely ridiculous, and he played as good as he could have. In this game, this was Josh Allen's fault. He played crap. He was terrible. Mm. Um, and 
I don't think this means that Josh Allen's a bad quarterback overall. I think he had a bad game. But I don't think there's any way you can say he's better than Joe Burrow at this point. No. And I, um, I after this game, we're really like five minutes into the game because it was already just 14 to nothing. I, Bengals are number two in the AFC. And then there's a gap, and then the Bills are there. Bengals have already made it two years farther than the Bills have. You could have. argue the Bengals are one. I mean, I know I hate to say it because we're Chiefs fans, but if you go off recent history. Yeah, maybe. If they, if they win this year, and especially if they win a Super Bowl, I'll probably say yes. But Chiefs have made two Super Bowls and won one of them still. So just like recency success, like Chiefs yeah. have had the most success. Um, dude, I don't know. Colin Coward was saying this, and I, I think I might agree. Is Sean McDermott the guy? There was one defensive coach left when there was eight teams, and it was Sean McDermott. Dude has been here for six years. Offensive line, still a struggle. Still can't run the football. Like, every year I feel like that's the big, like at least the last three years, it's like, okay, just, you know, get Hines. Let's draft Singletary. Let's get a guy that we can that can run the ball. And still, year six for Sean McDermott, they can't run the football. Their offensive line is atrocious. Offense runs through Josh Allen. Like, you know, when, when I'm kind of like making fun, I'm not making I, – I think it's coaching. Like, yeah, Allen had a rough game. There was not one designed quarterback run until the second half. Like, that's been your offense. Not that I even agree with it, but that's been your offense this whole year and it's worked, and they stopped calling that. Like, you know, so I – they're probably not going to fire McDermott just because of no, the record, the numbers. No, I don't think there's the any way you can – but proof is in the pudding. Like offensive coaches are starting to pull away as far in, in success and production on the field. Like offensive coaches are starting to be, you know, produce a better team. And I think we're seeing that a little bit. Like Chargers defensive coach, Bills defensive coach, and then Bear, like a lot of teams that aren't good have these defensive coaches. And these five six best teams in the league have offensive minded coaches and just a really unique offense and can spread the ball and, and succeed well. So I don't know. That's just interesting. Here's, a, here's the thing I will say in defense of defensive coaches, but not necessarily Sean McDermott. The best coach of all time is a defensive coach. I mean, True. Bill Belichick is a defensive coach. The problem is you have to have an offensive coordinator you trust, which I already talked about the Ken Dorsey thing, like day ball left. Right. And, and that offense got significantly worse. And there were times this year where it, it floundered quite a bit. Yeah. But defensive coaches you have to have a good defense and they didn't their scheme was bad today yeah they were getting dominated at the line of scrimmage. they couldn't get pressure on a team that was playing three backup linemen yeah and they had one sack on the day for two for six yards and i i, I just I, there's not really much you could say for jamar chase was open all day and not open like Jamar Chase gets open because he's such a good wide receiver. Like they were just putting Jamar Chase in one-on-one situations and he was winning because of course he is. That first touchdown, there was no one within eight, nine yards of him. And then he no. ran free to score. It's like, what? There was like four or five where you, you look at it and you say, well, that's a blown coverage. Well, if your head coach is a defensive-minded guy, that's that's on him. Well, Hayden Hirsch on his touchdown, that fourth down play, he was wide open. That fake right. screen to Jamar and no one, no one was there. It just it seemed like the Bills were just unprepared. Um, yeah. The, the five-point favorites line looks absolutely ridiculous. It kind of felt weird at the moment, but it, it was really weird after the fact. 
Mm-hmm. And again, we talk about the Josh Allen thing, 25 for 42, 265 yards, no touchdowns and a pick. And he was sacked one time, you know, and now you want to go to the runs. It, Josh Allen, eight carries. Now most of, I would say six of these were scrambles and not designed runs. Mm-hmm. Eight carries for 26 yards. As a total, the Buffalo rushing attack was 19 carries for 63 yards. Yeah, that's awful. That's awful. It, they scored one touchdown, and it was it was a Josh Allen goal line touchdown. That was it. Here's the thing, too, though. Like, I know Allen's had injuries, but I'm not even sure that can be an excuse, like, for coaching. Like, because Al, I, Allen got hurt because of how much he was getting hit, and that's on the coaching. Like, you got to protect your franchise quarterback. And, you know, I've said this a lot, but, like, RG3 got hurt. Lamar has kind of gotten hurt twice now. Like, history has shown that like the more you run your quarterback and the run, the quarterbacks that run a lot, Cam Newton, like they get banged up and they don't last long. Like I know Allen's just freakishly like big and can run, but like you have to pick and choose because he's just going to, he's only going to get older and his body's only going to get more worn down. And I think it's on the coaching. Cause yeah, you just, he's get taking shots. He doesn't need to take. Also, why are they, throwing fade routes on third and two and fourth and one. Like, that's just horrible play calling in the snow, making just Stefan Diggs look straight up in the snow prime time. And like that, I was like, what are they calling? Like, who's calling this game right now? Yeah, so. the, the play calling was suspect at best. Um, and after we saw there was a, there was a, you know, a little bit of a flare up on the sideline where um, Stefan Diggs, who has been standing and waiting for three years to make it to a, patiently waiting to make it to a championship game um, and still has not. Uh, so he moved from the Vikings of the NFC to the Vikings of the AFC. Congratulations. Um, just colder they, they had a fight now. and reportedly Diggs got dressed and tried to leave the locker room before most people had even entered. He was pulled back in because they said, you have to be there for this team meeting. And then he left run immediately mm. after didn't talk to anybody. You got to think that he's probably done there um he was very frustrated with not getting him the ball um which i mean yeah they didn't a four targets 35 yards yeah that they were not running you know that's his whole thing he's a he's a deep ball threat and he was not he was not catching anything deep i mean his long his longest reception was 16 yards on the day Dawson Knox had a longer catch than that. The, yeah. the, the yeah. Bills were not playing Buffalo Bills football, and they mm. were not driving the ball down the field. That's what you're always worried about with Josh Allen is the big plays, the big arm. They just weren't doing that. And I don't know if it's because they didn't have the time, because they thought that, you know, the Bengals are going to be playing too high. We just got to go underneath on them. We can pick apart, you know, Eli Apple, the most hated player in the NFL for some reason, and, <laughs> and all the other guys in that secondary mm-hmm. I don't know what the game plan was, but they were not they were not doing what they wanted to do. And it, yeah, and it, it shows. It was it was bad. It I I was surprised cuz I know I picked the Bengals. Um I was surprised like on game day it was like pretty like sweeps of people saying like the Bills are winning this. And I was kind of surprised going in. I don't know, I know that their offensive line's beat up, but like the composure of Burrow and just how he just doesn't care like and then, of course, we saw it, like, just shredding and just doesn't care and, and playing well. And 
Bengals back to back AFC championship appearances. They just they just keep winning. I mean, they yep. it's they simply just keep winning. You know, whatever the odds are, whatever's happening. And I think that there's a first of all, there's the nobody believes in us narrative that every team tries to start and the Bengals are have weaponized that for themselves. Let's let's just get this out of the way right now. They always sell games ahead of time, okay? The Bengals yeah. were also buying AFC championship tickets. Yep. Uh, they were their team was also selling them. Let's stop with this narrative like yeah. it's the NFL is being mean to you because the Bills Chiefs game, they always sell tickets ahead of time for games. All right. Yeah. That's yep. that's how it works. Next week, you were going to see like a bunch of people be like, Oh, well, the 49ers are pissed that the Eagles fans are already buying Super Bowl tickets. Like, no crap. That's how economics yeah. works. But they do have this thing where they, they're the three seed and they were five point underdogs to this Buffalo team. And, you know, five points is a lot. That yeah, is. I think if you're the Bengals, you're looking at it like, okay, Buffalo's good, but the Cowboys, a team that has struggled all year, is having is is closer in the spread to the Niners, a team that has won 11 straight than we are to this Bills team. Like that's ridiculous. Yeah, the Bills haven't made it anywhere. They haven't done anything. We're the ones that had a Super Bowl appearance last year. We're the ones that have beat the Chiefs three times in the year 2022. That's us. Yeah, and you and you can't really argue with them there. So I, this team just keeps winning, and they they have so many weapons on offense. I mean, Mixon rushed for over a hundred yards. They rushed for one hundred and seventy as a team, and they have two number one wide receivers. They have Jamar Chase and T Higgins, both number one guys. And Hayden Hurst is a top ten tight end in the league. They're not really weak in anywhere on offense except for their line, which wasn't weak this game. Now you could say the Bills' pass rush was horrible. And next yeah. week when they have to face Kansas City, you know, I'm hoping as a Chiefs fan we can exploit the backups. But they've already done it with backups. They made it to the playoffs with the worst offensive line in the league last year. And they made it to a Super Bowl with that same line. You know, there's yeah. no fear in Joe Burrow. And you just having no fear when you play against teams like Buffalo and Kansas City is extremely important. Yeah. Uh, they can't claim the underdogs, though, this week um, as they're actually favored now. So that 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 ends you know, after Sunday's game. Um, yeah, it is interesting. Like, I know Burrow said, like, as long as he's on the team, there's a Super Bowl window. That's going to be true. Like, he's very good. But the gap with this team, I think, is pretty pretty small because it's pretty rare. Like, Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins, all on their rookie contracts, well, and Joe Burrow. That's impressive. Like, to have those four guys drafted um, – they did good drafting wise, but it's hard for me to believe that they're going to be able to pay all four of those guys and be able to take care of the other, you know, 46 players on the team or, you know what I mean? So like, right. They're going to, they're going to have to make some sacrifices somewhere. I'm sure they're going to do the same thing with Burroughs inevitable new deal that Mahomes did with the chiefs where they're going to sign him to a massive long-term contract and then backload it. So they can bank on the cap going up in those years mm-hmm. and having more flexibility on the front end. And yeah, they're they're gonna lose one of those pieces. They're probably gonna try to keep keep Chase and maybe Hurst. And I would say if I were them, you know, it's the old running back thing. Every time you give a running back a massive contract, it seems to end badly for you. So they probably let Mixon go and then maybe they trade Higgins while he's still on his rookie deal. Yeah. Or something it, it, to try to get something but yeah right now i mean th- this window that they have is is really good I, and if they win if they beat the chiefs 
they are the now dominant power in the in the AFC. Mm. And I don't think there's anything you can say against that because they beat the top dogs, right? Yeah. Everybody thought it was the Bills this year, and it's not. It, it, right now, you, I, I mean, I can't argue with the Bengals being favored given the Mahomes injury situation. It just seems like that's that's the that's the right call at this point. So yeah, yeah, I think if Mahomes isn't injured, it it started at minus three Chiefs, and it probably settles around there, like minus two and a half, minus two Chiefs. But yeah, I think mm-hmm. with the injury. A lot of people are taking the Bengals. People are riding high on the Bengals. So, yeah, they uh, all out dominated this game. It, it was interesting. That's two, like two of the four games this week were like, you know, five minutes into the game, you knew this game was already over. Um, and that just doesn't, isn't usually the case, especially last week, the wildcard round, really good games. And uh, I think maybe even this game more than the Giants Eagles surprised us that this wasn't a closer game, you know, the game yeah. of the year, you know? Yeah. I mean, I thought no matter what happened, I picked the bills to win this game. I thought even if the bills lost, it was going to be close. I didn't, I didn't expect, I didn't expect it to be a blowout. I, I did see that when it started snowing, I was like, okay, this is going to be a low scoring. Maybe mm-hmm. like this could be like a 20 to 17 game or something. But no, I, I mean, there were a couple of times where we thought, Oh, the bills are making a push, but they'd inevitably falter. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, they just couldn't get there. And and speaking of, actually not speaking of, because nobody does it like the Cowboys, crashing and burning in hysterical fashion, the Dallas Cowboys once again would like to, to submit their application to be the team that makes it to the divisional round and everybody goes, oh my God, the Cowboys are really talented. You know, San Francisco's good, but they could beat them. And then inevitably lose in the dumbest way possible in the divisional round, continuing their streak of now 13 straight playoff appearances Obviously, they haven't made the playoffs 13 years in a row, right? But 13 straight playoff appearances without making a conference championship game. Uh, that's Only team, team everybody. in NFL history. Yeah, extending, uh, beating the previous record held by them before this year. So, we can talk about the whole game. David, let's talk about the end. Okay. And really, I just want to talk about the last play. So, the Cowboys are in a last ditch. They're, they're deep in their own territory. They're down a touchdown they they need a they need a score here right mm-hmm. they, they absolutely just need a miracle play and what they break out obviously Dak Prescott and probably nobody but maybe Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes have the arm capability to get the ball even close to the end zone from there and yeah Hail Mary is just not feasible so what they were going to run is a lateral play except they thought we should put some skill players on our line so then we actually have more guys that are dangerous with the ball, right? So let's put Ezekiel Elliott. The memes are, are astronomical from this scenario. Let's put mm-hmm. him in at center, have him snap the ball. That gives us an extra guy that we can lateral it to. Here's the problem with Ezekiel Elliott. He's big for a running back. He's a pretty thick guy. He got mm-hmm. munched. He got yeah. munched as soon as he – good snap, got munched. And then the – Yeah, the snap Dak was good. Prescott, Dak Prescott threw, what, a six-yard crossing route or something, and then got tackled, and that was it. Got smoked. If I'm Jerry Jones, I would have fired – I would have pulled a Herm Edwards and fired Kellen Moore on the field for making me watch Ezekiel Elliott line up at center. What the hell was that? Yeah, that was rough. I mean, in the only defense, they weren't going to score anyway. And, like, I don't even mind the setup 
they have to have an offensive lineman there. I don't mind that setup. If like, okay, let's get a skill guy the ball, and now there's like four linemen already out there that can kind of block for him. You know what I mean? But to have Zeke be the guy, like if I was, I thought honestly, I thought Shanahan was gonna rush like four or five. Like, okay, then it'll be one versus five, and you'll have two and a half. You'll have one and a half seconds to get rid of the ball. But you know, he still played it safe. But it, it didn't matter. Um, so yeah, I don't. The Cowboys seem hell bent every year on losing in the dumbest way possible. Do you see what uh, Nick Bosa tweeted? No. Today he said America's team strikes again with a emoji with the palm over the the mouth. Yeah. I mean, messed up. Before that, uh, Dalton Schultz had back to back just garbage plays. That really that last drive, which they they had a shot. I mean, they they had some time on the clock. They had a chance to drive down the field, went as terribly as it possibly could have for them, short of just Dak throwing a pick six on the first play. And, and now let's let's go ahead and just get into the Dak Prescott conversation. Hmm. How did this guy make this much money? Yeah. Like he made, by the way, just a refresher for everybody, he had one of the most horrific leg injuries I've ever watched live. And in the midst of that recovery, convinced Dallas to sign him to a massive, massive deal. Yeah. And he is fine. He's okay. He he is a decent quarterback who will get you to the playoffs. He is... He is he is Kirk Cousins. Like I, he just is. Would you rather have him or Justin Fields? I don't. There's Justin like, Fields. I mean, are, yeah. we, are we factoring in the contract? Because Justin Fields, I'll take the rookie contract and well, free myself up for a lot of other stuff. But yeah. The, uh, like I said earlier, eighty-five to ninety percent of teams never aren't going to compete for a Super Bowl in any year. And and the Cowboys fall into that 85 to 90%, but that's only because of their quarterback. You put in any any of the maybe other quarterbacks I, I just there's eight or nine other guys that if I put on the Cowboys, they're they're in the conference championship. Mhm. Like oh, obviously yeah, with, that, with that line, with that rush, the Zeke and Pony, Tony, Pony, Tony, Tony Pollard, Pollard and then of course the receiving game. core. Yeah. Well, the quarterback we talked about too. I mean, it they they held the Niners' offense, which had been rolling, to 19 points. You know, it was they, a close game. It really was. They, it was a good game. They forced Brock Purdy to have the game that everybody was expecting Brock Purdy to eventually have. Now he didn't turn the ball over. Um, his completion percentage was fine, but he wasn't doing anything spectacular. And they even did a pretty good job in the run defense as well. Thirty-two carries, one hundred thirteen yards. That the, I mean, the Niners were sticking to it because they wanted to run clock anyway. But that's only three point five yards a carry. Yeah, I'm telling you, everywhere else the Cowboys are an elite team, except at quarterback, and it's it's so it's got to be so frustrating if you're a Cowboys fan because there's nothing you can do about it either because you can't trade Dak Prescott at this point, you can't get mm-hmm. rid of him, and he's not he's clearly not good enough. He's he's just not. I don't 
He was a nice story coming in for Tony Romo, fourth round pick, right? He's playing better than anybody expects him to. You got the him and Zeke thing. You think they're going to be together forever. Guess what? Both You paid overpaid both of them, and they're both not very good. Yeah. They're both middle of the road at their position. Well, I mean, you. I was talk, I asked Zach, our good friend, like, like I missed the back end of this game. Like, what happened? And he said the thing that irritated him the most was just the execution. Even as small as that last drive, Dalton Schultz, that wide open, like, 21-yard catch on the sideline, no one was by him. He got one foot in and then just, like, didn't even put a second foot down. Like, I don't know if he thought he had one, but wasn't at least trying to be safe with it. And that that would have put them, like, right around the 50, right? With, like, six yeah, seconds left. Yeah, would have had eight. a shot. And instead, he didn't get a foot down, and it's back to, like, the 22-yard line. Like, it's just like as he used to say, like, that – that is like the culmination of like this season of like, it's just the little things. Like why are we not executing when we could be doing that? You know? So yeah, it's tough. Tough. If you're a boys fan, Cowboys fan, I should should not say it like that. (laughs) Have to reiterate. They lose this way every year. Yeah. Every year they lose this way. Last year it was the, you know, the draw, the quarterback draw with 14 seconds left in the game, and then they didn't have enough time to stop the clock and run another play. And Mike McCarthy is probably going to be out, right? And they're going to go after Sean Payton. If you're Sean Payton, why do you want to coach Dak Prescott when you could go coach another quarterback? I mean, honestly, at this point, I, yeah. I just don't, I don't do understand take, it. Or do you take a chance on him? thinking that is it the coaching is it Kellen Moore and McCarthy that's and the play calling and stuff that's hurting but Dak I know also friendly reminder he's gonna be 30 next year Dak wow yeah there's no Dak Prescott is not 24 25 anymore right he's gonna be 30 he's had one season or he had, he's had two seasons where he's thrown for over for 30 or more touchdowns. He had one 2021, he threw for 37. And in 2019, he threw for 30. I, he was hurt this year. But again, it's, it's the stats thing. You can play with the Kirk Cousins all the time where you can go, the stats are decent, but is he winning big games? The answer is no. Dak Prescott is not winning big games. Also, Dak mm-hmm. Prescott led the league this year in interceptions despite playing 12 games. Yeah. And he, since 2019, has not had a two-game streak without a turnover. Wow. It, I, he's, not, he's just not good enough for this team. And I, I, I'm almost angry. Although, Cowboys fans, like, I mean, I guess if you... Honestly, the worst thing to be is a Cowboys fan that was born after they won a Super Bowl, after the last Super Bowl. Because you have so our thing. So and our then, age. Right. Like right around so, 2000. So you've not seen it so, like many so playoffs. Zach, you know? Zach is down bad because he hears yeah. all the time about how great this team was, but he has never seen it personally. And the same thing happened with Tony Romo, and the same thing is happening with Dak Prescott. And It's like being build- a Nebraska fan. Yeah, I mean, it's it's almost the same, except it, it would be like if Nebraska made the Big Ten Championship or was a game away from making the Big Ten Championship every year and then just got waxed by Iowa or threw <laughs> Purdue. a... Purdue. Instead of 
spiking the ball to stop the clock. Their quarterback accidentally took a kneel down in their last <laughs> game and ran out the clock. Like that's what the Cowboys do every year. I I just don't understand how they continue yeah. to do this. They were in this game. I think that we learned some things about the 49ers that, you know, when they play a team that has an equal level of talent, they're going to struggle. It, it, the Cowboys did have that. They have an equal level of talent everywhere. Mm-hmm. They, you could say they're more talented at the quarterback position. Now they're coaching, you know, that's the Shanahan versus McCarthy matchup. You're not ever going to take McCarthy in that. I, just, I, you, I yeah. don't know what you can do as a Cowboys fan, but they're going to have to do something unless this is fine. Unless this is what you can accept is losing in a divisional round every year. But to have this talented of a roster and not even be able to make a conference championship game is ridiculous. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I think you're right in that, like, you know, we learned a couple things with the Niners. I mean, if you go back week 18, they play the Cardinals. Not not a good team or a team win that. Week 17, they beat the Raiders in overtime. Week 16, the Commanders, 15, Seahawks. So, you know, and then they beat the Seahawks in the first round. They haven't played, like, incredible defenses, really, at all. Raiders have a horrid defense. Cardinals aren't good overall. Commanders have an okay defense. Um, Seahawks, Seahawks are, banged up. Okay, they have a good quarterback. Yeah, obviously, mediocre at you that know. Point. So I think like they've faced like a real top five, top seven defense in the league. Uh, is I, the Eagles better defense than the Cowboys? Right? Are we we going with that? Is that? Yeah, I would say that's not controversial to say at all. So it's going to be interesting to see now with you know. A better offense and a just as good, if not better, defense. You know, yeah, the the Niners are going to have to play a good game because people have kind of viewed the Niners as almost indestructible, and like they've played well. That they have a twelve game win streak, which is incredible. But it's going to be a tall task for uh for the Niners for this Eagles team right now. This will be the first time I think in Brock Purdy's career he will be asked to go out and win the game versus just don't lose it. Mm. That's a good point. Yeah. Pretty much what they needed from him at this point, and in this game as well, don't turn the ball over. Now, he's had some yeah. some high touchdown pass games, right? But th- that was a lot of scheme and guys wide open. Again, Brock Purdy is fine. He is serviceable. He's a he's a decent starter. Okay? Mm-hmm. He's not turning the ball over, which is exactly what they need. Yeah. Against the Eagles, he's going to have to make some plays, like some, some really good plays in order to yeah. keep them in that game. And you also got to think, the McCaffrey injury feels like it's coming. I, I, I there was some mm. calf stuff in this game, right? Like, it feels inevitable. I, I'm just gonna say that. And does it happen against the Eagles? I don't know. But it, this seems like the longest streak Christian McCaffrey's ever gone without just having a dumb injury. I feel yeah. like he's gonna get cramps or something, or he's gonna t- twist an ankle. I don't know. Something's gonna happen in this game. I can just feel it. Yeah, that's my prediction. I also feel like I think that's just the team he's on in the workload now because he he had ten carries uh, this game, six catches. You know, like in the Panthers, he was what wasn't he averaging like over twenty five carries a game? Like it was just, yeah, it was something in, like at least thirty touches a game, like inhuman almost. So I feel like that's yeah. part of it too. Is he's like not just dead every week and oh it's Thursday and I'm back to normal. Oh I play in two days. You know, so I think that helps, but. Again, he's kind of getting old too, and older running backs tend to reaggravate past injuries. Well, he's twenty six, actually. He's only twenty six. 
Yeah, I thought he was definitely like 28 or 9. Oh, Lee. He seems like he's way older than that. I don't know. Jeez. Feels like he's been in the league forever. Uh-huh. Same. Which is why I made that comment. Well, let's just let's just talk about it. Let's just go ahead and championship game preview. We're just going to officially transition to that. Niners-Eagles is the early game, 2 o'clock on Fox. Uh, whenever I wrote this line, which was this morning, Eagles were favored minus 2.5. Over-under was 45.5. We we talked about both these teams extensively. Obviously, we talked about every team extensively at this point. I was I was on the train of saying the Eagles are frauds. I now think maybe the 49ers are not frauds, but I don't know if they're the juggernauts we all think they are. I mm. I think if you ask either the Bengals or the Chiefs, you know, no matter regardless of what happens, you would ask that team if you make it through the AFC Championship game, who would you rather play in the Super Bowl? I don't know anybody that's saying Eagles. I, I just don't think you're saying that. Based on the way that the Eagles are playing, mm-hmm. uh, the way that they've been demolishing teams, and when they're fully healthy, how scary they look. Now, they beat the worst team left in the playoffs. They did. Yeah. The Giants were the worst team left. I just I haven't seen anything from the Niners that makes me makes me think that I think this game is going to be close. I just, I don't think, I'm just not confident in what the Niners are doing right now. Yeah. I think, but you could go back and say the Eagles struggle with the Cowboys too. Yeah. I think the only reason I'm like hesitating is like Kyle Shanahan can scheme anything, dude. And it's like, (sighs) yeah. I mean, this is, it makes sense that we're thinking about this game. It's literally the NFC championship. I think I'm going to go with the birds here. Yeah, I've been riding the Eagles all year. Um, I think I think Jalen's back. I think he's good. He's got another week. Uh, I think Eagles win this. You think they cover? Uh, yeah. Man, um, I have to win by here, a field goal. Here's another thing, too, though. Like, they didn't reveal anything passing-wise, really. They had a couple – like, they didn't have to. So, like, you just have to wonder how much Sirianni has – that he didn't even use, you know, and that that's just less looks the Niners are going to get in film in the film room. Um, you know, assuming he held stuff back or has new plays, like the Eagles didn't have to reveal maybe this really cool concept or these cross routes, but you know, whatever that might be. So the Eagles also quite honestly have not had a four quarter game plan all season because most of the time they're up three or four touchdowns going into the second half. And they don't. They just rest people. They just kind of hold on to the football and just run the clock out. They've done that a lot. So you could you could say we don't really know what the Eagles are like when they're going all out for four quarters with the starting quarterback. Because obviously they did with Minshew as backup. But I don't know. That yeah. being said, the Niners. The case for the Niners is they get to Jalen Hurts and they put him on the ground a couple of times. Yeah, you know he's not a hundred percent. And if they can get to him, they can. They can really aggravate him in the pocket. We haven't seen many teams do that to the Eagles. And if they have the ability to do that, which any if any defensive line does, I think it's the Niners. Yeah. Kind of rattle, kind of rattle Hurts and maybe get him out of his flow. And and the Eagles are probably not going to be able to take their foot off the gas in this game and just say, All right, we're just gonna run the ball 40 times because we don't need to do anything else with it. Yeah. So yeah. It's going to be a really good game. Really good game. I I think both of these championship games are, you know, obviously you'd hope at at the point, 
at this point in the year that both matchups are going to be good, but I'm really excited yeah. for these. Except this one is going to give me a heart attack probably. Bengals mm-hmm. at Chiefs. Now, when I wrote this, uh, the Chiefs were favored minus one. That line is flipped to Bengals probably because so many people are betting on the Bengals because they were uh, the underdog, for a, albeit a very small one. They were the underdog before, so I'm sure Vegas has flipped the line. Dude, it's actually moved even more. It's one and a half now. That doesn't shock me. So it's moving fast. That's crazy. I think it's safe to say that neither David nor I are going to pick the Bengals to win this game just because we don't want to. What if we did? And and try to jinx them? Should one of us bite the bullet? And just be wrong on purpose? I don't know. I'm nervous. See, if Mahomes was 100%, I'd be like, Chiefs can win this. Dude, I'm worried. Just Mike Hilton comes in, even late, and just clips his ankle, and then Mahomes is limping the rest of the game, and then just Chiefs half their playbook is just toast. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, We will not beat the Bengals with Chad Henney playing meaningful minutes. I'll just say that. I love you, Chad, Uh, but... Yeah, no. Yeah, I just don't think that's going to happen. The, the case, let's just lay out the case for both. The case for the Bengals is simple. Chiefs are hurt. Um, and by the Chiefs, I mean Patrick Mahomes, which <laughs> is, is really is the lifeblood of, of this team just as much as Joe Burrow is for the Bengals. Patrick Mahomes is hurt. He's not going to be mobile. You're going to, you normally would not blitz Mahomes, but you're going to blitz the crap out of him this game because you want him uncomfortable. Right? Yep. And then on offense, you're going to do what you've done against the Chiefs every other time you've played them. You're going to play action them to death, and you're going to try to get Jamar Chase and T. Higgins in one-on-one matchups against the Chiefs' young secondary. And if you can do that and you can succeed in those matchups, then you're going to win this game. It's probably It might be close, but you're going to win this game. Now the case for the Chiefs. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes is banged up, but he's going to be a little better than people are expecting. Right, the Bengals have a bad offensive line. They just do. They're hurt. The yeah. Bills couldn't take advantage of that. Guess what? Chris Jones and Frank Clark are going to be ready to go. All right. The Chiefs got absolutely embarrassed in front of their home crowd in the AFC Championship game last year. This is the one team that they cannot beat, and that could be a disadvantage. You could say that team has your number. There's nothing we can do, or it could be an advantage. They're going to be motivated. They're going to be ready to go. Mm-hmm. Bengals secondary is not it's not amazing all right they do not have a person to guard travis kelsey and if travis kelsey holds on to that ball um and the refs stop it the play with forward progress then the chiefs beat the Bengals in cincinnati earlier this year so you got to think okay we're going to run first take the pressure off of mahomes if we can get our running game going play action is going to be so much easier and they won't be able to blitz us and we just got to make sure we can win with four, which we've been doing all year to this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I know Bill's defense, did it, since Vaughn's gotten hurt, Bill's have ranked 27th in pressure. They, they've not been good. They really haven't. Ed Oliver's been in and out too. So, you know, high praise, honestly, to that the backup of uh, of the Bill's line, but they weren't playing a very stout defense. Uh, Bill's defensive line. And you know what? While you're talking, I said, screw it. We don't need a freaking jinx. We don't need a jinx to make this come true. 
we nobody picked the Jaguars last week. Uh so I don't need a jinx. The the I, Chiefs the Chiefs know. They know the history. They know mm-hmm. what people are expecting. That the Bengals have their number. They're going to hear that all week. I mean, they're not yeah. even they're not favored in their home stadium that they have hosted five straight AFC championship games in. Yeah. They're not favored in this game, right? Yeah. Call it what you want to. This, people are going to say, were the Chiefs a fluke? Was it, are, they, are they the Green Bay Packers, right, with Aaron Rodgers? Mm. Are they just going to make, one, make and win one Super Bowl, maybe make another one but lose it, and then just fade away for the rest of their rest of yeah. this time there? Making championship games but never doing anything meaningful. I mean, they're yeah. going to hear about that all week. So if there's ever a time to get motivated, it's now. And call it what you want. <laughs> I've been screenshotting stuff all week, like – not not from like who, people who don't know what they're talking about and don't matter in this world. That was kind of harsh, sorry. But like actual like pro football focus or good morning America. Good morning football, not good morning America. Of like saying, you know, this is the Bengals uh, conference and this and this and this. There's a lot of people. So, you know, if the Bengals are going to use that, I think the Chiefs absolutely should be using this. Like no one, you know, people are thinking the Bengals are the big dogs. So, so it, something I – really think is important for the Chiefs, you know, that helps the Chiefs. This young, young secondary has gotten so much better since they last played the Bengals. Their tackling has improved. Their situational awareness has improved. Um, their discipline's improved. The, 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 this rookie, really, the, I mean, there's a lot of rookies on this defense. Um, it's a young team. Bolton's a second-year player. Willie Gay, second or third-year player. He's young, too. Um and that's what we learn about Spag's defense anyway, that they learn and get better throughout the year. But um, I, I don't know. I feel good about these young guys. Like, they've learned from their mistakes. They're going to be watching this film, obviously. And um, it's just weird. We have Patrick Mahomes, Nathan, but isn't it so weird how, like, especially in big games, it's like it feels like the defense, like, makes a big play. Do you get that vibe, too? I know there yeah. are there are cases of Mahomes making the play last year's divisional versus the Bills, but like every once in a while, it, it, like more than every once in a while, I feel like it's like, wow, why is it dependent on the defense right now to make this stop? You know, and it, they do a lot. I think it's the epitome, and we we've actually we've we've spoken about this together, but it's like the defense is always the team. Which my brother mentioned this on on Sunday, which is like. Oh my gosh, you guys are so frustrating. Like our defense is playing like crap and then bam, clutch stop. Like they do this every mm-hmm. game, it feels like, where it's just it's so infuriating and then it's ah, got it. Clutch. Like I just just came in clutch right there. Like I I don't I don't know why it's this way, but yeah, it feels like we rely a lot on the defense to get a stop and instead of Mahomes make a play or it's Mm. I mean, we're just not perfect, right? We just don't score in the last two minutes. We always seem to leave the other team time, and we always need mm-hmm. the defense to come up and make a play. So I don't know. I feel like I would be, I would, I would be much more confident about this defense making a play, like you said, than the defense that played the Bengals in the regular season. Yeah. So I, I think they're going to be ready. And look, we're both picking the Chiefs. All right, we, we just are. We're going to ride with the home team. And we're going to ride with the team that we want to win as much as we think will win. I do. I genuinely still believe the the Chiefs can win. 
I'm not going to pick against them because I, I don't, I don't desperately don't want to be right about that. Yeah. Um, so I'm not even going to leave that up to chance. David, if I had to oh. ask scale of one to 10, your confidence that the chiefs can pick a, get a win here uh, against the Bengals in the AFC championship game. What are you, what are you giving me? Like right now with what we know with Mahomes. Yep. Six point eight. Six point eight. My boy's high. I was gonna say like five point two. Oh, I thought you were gonna say I was low. No, six point eight feels high to me. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I you just I don't know. I don't I just keep referencing last year. Last year they kinda controlled that um regular season game. It was close back and forth. Bengals won. People forget the Chiefs were up. 21 to 3 and then 21 to 10 going into the half last year in the AFC Championship game and we later find out Mahomes openly admits that they they let up they mentally they relaxed because they were up so much play call and they relaxed like you know Burrow's 3 and 0 against the Chiefs but like it's not um 10 wow math hold on real quick Six. It's not six halves of dominance. It's only been five because, again, last year we showed up in this game like, oh my gosh, it was close. I don't know. It was kind of similar. And then the Chiefs came out and we're up twenty-one to three with five and a half left in the second quarter, and we're like, and oh my turned, gosh, they turned we're into the Alex. Them. They turned into the Alex Smith Chiefs. I mean, I mean yeah. they really did. They yep. they started to try. They got afraid, and then when Mahomes felt like, oh crap, the Bengals actually are coming back. He kept trying to do too much. It was not playing with mm-hmm. the offense and yeah, it just went downhill. But I think you're right in that there's never, there hasn't been a game between these two teams and where the chiefs got blown out yeah. and they've lost every single one of these games, but they haven't gotten blown out and two every of the game's games, been they were actually leading the majority of them. Yeah. Right. Every, so we've lost every game. Wins. What is it? 27, 24 on two of them. And then is it 30 to 27? Yeah, I think, uh, I think so. Like it's all so, been game winning field goals, you know. So, I mean, I this is the way people probably feel about Mahomes with everybody else, though. So we we could just be trying to convince ourselves. It's true. Like the Chargers of like know. every game's close, so we're probably gonna we surely will win this one, you know. I mean, we got it. We we're going to be playing for the foreseeable future. We're going to be playing the Bengals because they're going to keep winning their division, and we're going to keep winning ours, and we're going to have to play them in the AFC probably during the regular season. It's got to snap sometime, so might as well just snap the streak in the playoffs when it matters more. Sorry, I'm just sad. I'm I'm looking at the play-by-play, and with 126 left in the game, the Chiefs had the yeah. ball at second and goal at the four, and we, yeah, we settled for a field goal. Shouldn't, shouldn't, shouldn't do that. When Mahomes was sacked two times in a row for negative 20 yards and then had to kick a field goal. Sorry, I don't think I, I've, I don't <laughs> think I've ever been more depressed about a sporting event than I was in the car after the AFC Championship game last year, waiting to try to leave the Chiefs parking lot, which took us like three hours. So we're just sitting there, all thinking about Especially how we just them knowing how it. dominant that first quarter was, knowing that oh yeah, met, I mean they blew in this, it. we were talking so much trash for the Bengals fans around us at, at, when that was happening because they they came in with they were trying to do the who day chance whenever that team was getting. Like was running out on the field, and mm-hmm. but at the first half we were we were just trashing them, and then it came out in the third, and we just you could feel it in the stadium. 
yeah just it, it the, the energy just flipped and yeah but they're gonna have to go to arrowhead and they're gonna have to do it you know and if they do i i don't think there's anything that you can say about the Bengals not being the perennial power in the afc if they win but if they don't and the chiefs win then you could say all right she's back down. on top yeah so right it's, now we both regardless have... it's not the bills yeah that's yeah um so right now we have Eagles Chiefs playing the Super Bowl, which would be an it'd be the Andy Reid Bowl, and also the Kelsey Bowl. That's true, bro. Great for their podcast. People talking about the NFL being rigged. The NFL's been laughing as they think they're trying to get the Bills just silly getting the Kelsey brothers to play each other. I, I <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. The, I just, it's not no, rigged. I, I want to say one thing about the NFL rigged people. Does the number of people watching the Super Bowl really change that dramatically depending on who the team is? Like, Also, if the if, NFL is if, rigged, would the Patriots if, have made it for like seven straight years? That's not right, good for numbers. They wouldn't, yeah, <laughs> I, I just – it doesn't make – I don't think that last year they were like, oh, my God, Los Angeles made it, so more people watched. Like, that's not true. So I, I don't Yeah, look at their what, parade. What you're hoping so, for here so yeah there's that anyway that's that's it we're done we we recapped and now david and i are just going to be anxious for the next yeah i'm nervous right now i'm gonna be just listening to a bunch of podcasts and just yeah watching a bunch of videos and getting upset when people doubt the chiefs and screenshotting it and stuff and vigorously searching for ankle updates for patrick mahomes Mm -hmm. Um, i was in this podcast i was literally like and i stumbled across eli apple talking trash to Stefan Diggs, who just actually tweeted for the first time. He said, uh, it's easy to criticize my reaction more than the results. Want me to be okay with losing? Nah. And then Eli Apple retweeted and said, Ken Kuhn on three with a heart. That's why Eli Apple's the most hated dude in the league. That's why. That's true. He does talk a lot. He had one pass breakup in that game. Do you think his teammates like him? Oh, yeah, dude. It, he's the Pat Bev. Not as good, but he's the Pat Bev of the NFL. If you're on Pat Bev's team, you're like, yeah, keep keep getting him mad. Yeah, let's, let's, yeah, I'm with this guy. Let's irritate. Like, you know, they feed off that and try to irritate everybody else. You know they do. Yeah. Oh, wow. The Patrick Beverly. That was a good call, David. Good job. Good job on that one. Probably not defensively, not as good because Pat Bev is actually a really good defender. It's actually but... what he's known for. Yeah. So Pat Bev's not good anymore, though. Like, uh, even a little bit really so yeah he's kind of falling off yeah well i don't he was never really that good to begin with but he was annoying so well that's true so he got attention yeah yeah all right we're talking about nba so i really should i really should sign off because uh, <laughs> no, i'm just kidding yeah um out of your depth yeah hey no i know a little bit i know you know what i need to this has uh been episode 70 of what do you want to watch um we just picked the afc and nfc championship and, um, you know, we're, we're going to be here strong. No matter the result next week, we will be here it's ready to go. It's going to be a depressing podcast if the Chiefs lose. Um, but, you know, we, uh, we, are, we are for the people. We are of the people. So we will have a pod no matter what. Why but, did uh, you even say delete that part? <laughs> okay. Leave in the part where I say delete that part. So people just wonder? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was fun. I mean, they'll never know. Uh, but thank you for listening. Um, what do you want to watch? 
We've been talking about it. You've been listening to it, except for that part that I'm going to cut out. See ya. Bye. You're ridiculous. <laughs>